Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only podcast that, you know, in these trying times, everyone's funkin', except for us. We're just munkin'. I'm on your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Uh, fresh, fresh from a week off, you know, was in the beautiful city that Monk calls home. Uh-huh. And uh, great time, great time. Yeah, to be I want. I want to talk about that. You were in. You spent your birthday in uh, your birthday weekend in San Francisco. Correct. Um, and how was it? Uh, how, how I know you've been there before. How was it? Um, the first time visiting a- after you started monking. Well, man, I was like, I guess I wasn't trying too hard, but I was kind of trying to see if I could find the hill that the view of like the misty night mm-hmm. that's at the end. Um, but I did, I guess I forgot there was so much to do. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, I know the show takes place in San Francisco, but not a lot of it reminds me of San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Now the the fact of the matter though, is that, uh, it is a jungle out there, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. it was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, shout out to San Francisco, shout out to you, happy birthday again. I know I told you that, but you know, um, thank you. And, uh. Let's start off. We're not here to talk just about your birthday. We're here to talk about season three, episode eleven, I think, Mister Monk yeah. versus the Cobra. Now, yeah. before you watch this, what did you think the the Cobra referred to? Um, honestly, I thought it was gonna be like some Cobra charm, like kind of like the, the snake Cobra charmer? was gonna. I thought, yeah, snake charmer. Like I thought, like the that was gonna be the cause of death. Mm. So like a snake was charmed into biting someone or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. How did you feel about the fact that that's not what it was? Um, it's fine. I mean, I actually really like the episode. Um, yes, okay. There's, uh, I'm starting to feel like not so differently about Natalie. Like, um, it's she's starting off like kind of like Sharona did. I she um, definitely changed. Uh, this one felt out of character. Um, from other stuff going forward, I'll let you know that. Yeah, so there was, like, a lot of good. There was some stuff that was kind of, like, not great for me. Mm -hmm. But um, it tied it together, like, immediately after I was pissed off Mm -hmm. about something. So I was like, okay, I'm here. All right, so we start off with a pretty strange opening. I forgot that this is how the episode opened. With, like, a clip from a kung fu movie. Um, Yeah. Which I think is fun. It definitely keeps you on your toes. Um now, I have really no experience watching kung fu movies. Did it feel accurate, or did it feel like a really terrible recreation? Um, I I haven't seen very many either. Um, but I I was fine with it. It was okay. I like the vintage look of it. That was mm-hmm. cool. Um, but I really have nothing to draw upon it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not just a clip from the movie. This is part of like a talk show thing. Um, and uh, immediately, I don't know about you, but immediately this guy John like. I knew he was the murder victim because obviously I've seen this before, and it's kind of like you don't feel bad for him that he dies. He seems like a terrible guy. Yeah, I mean he's not as bad as some of the other people. Um, no. I mean, and then what we find out later is like basically collateral damage. Like he really had nothing to do with it. Um, so I kind of, I mean, I didn't trust me. I didn't miss him when he when he no. was gone. But at the same time, I was like, all right, well, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what this has to do with the eventual. So the gist of this John character is that he wrote a book about Sonny Chow, who is a Bruce Lee facsimile. Um, uh, and he basically, his point was that Sonny Chow didn't do any of his own stunts, and that he, you know, was addicted to morphine, and he's not still alive, even though people think he's still alive. Um, is that and, basically the Bruce Lee story? 
Like what? that's the same thing. There was the no. same thing set. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't. I mean, yes, people still think Bruce Lee's alive. Um, and I'm I'm not 100 percent sure about the stuff with like people accusing him of faking stuff. Um, but I mean, just like the general details of his life. Also, it's called Enter the Cobra. His, his big movie. Adventure of the Dragon. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. No, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not like every detail is Bruce Lee, but clearly they were drawing on. Also, like the detail where it's like he technically was born in San Francisco and moved back to China when he was like an infant. That's also true about. That's the one that definitely makes me know that it's Bruce Lee because that's a very specific fact that is also true about Bruce Lee. Um, sure. Anyway, uh, so this guy John gets a knock on his door, and. Um, that's the last thing you want to see if you wrote a book that criticizes a guy who dressed up as a ninja in one of his movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not going to sidestep around this. It's probably the most, like, stock, cookie-cutter, like, Asian portrayal in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the theme continues in the next episode, which I saw has something to do with it. Um, uh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yes or no. Okay. Yes and anyway. no. Anyway. Okay. But, you have to keep but, in mind, though, you have to keep in mind, technically, that the the guy wearing the ninja costume is not Asian. So, if he's... So, he's, you know, maybe he's leaning into it. Maybe he's the one who's being racist. Okay. <laughs> For whatever reason, I didn't even put that together. So, okay. Hold on, real quick. Um, the guy in the ninja costume is the grave guy? Correct. So, that guy has, like, sick moves, too. Like, he I, was, yeah, like, that's, that's he was the no best slouch. Place. That's the biggest plot hole in this episode, in my opinion. Is okay, okay. That th- this dude is... So basically, the guy in the ninja costume is, you know, attacking John, and he ends up beating him up with nunchucks. And he's got some serious <laughs> nunchuck skills. And I've never used nunchucks myself, but I understand that they're pretty hard to use. I don't know. How much experience do you have with nunchucks? I have zero, and I want to have more. But yeah, so I was watching that, and I'm just like, okay, so this guy is clearly a ninja. Like, something's going on here. And they're super dangerous, too. I remember that they were, like, specifically banned in New York a couple of years ago. And there were a lot of people, like, <laughs> tweeting jokes about it, like, oh, they're banning nunchucks. Like, that's so stupid. If you see someone with nunchucks, you just laugh at them. And then, like, actual, like, martial artists and, like, stunt directors of movies are like, no. If someone knows how to use nunchucks, they will kill you. Like, they are as dangerous a handheld weapon you can find if you're actually skilled with them. Because we think yeah, about it, I guess the clubs on yeah. a chain. No, for sure. I think I'll blame, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they always stuck the goofiest guy with the nunchucks, right? I don't think. No, I think it's consensus that Donatello is the goofiest guy. Well, goofiest. No, no, Michelangelo Michelangelo is the goofiest. Michelangelo is goofy, you're right. I'm thinking, like, the consensus one that people like the least, and that's Donatello, obviously. Um, Yeah. uh, Which, of course, you know, I always played the same whenever we played, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. Anyway. um, Guess who I was? You were Leonardo. Nah, Raphael. You're Raphael? I, it's, I, I honestly, I, I see a little, I see either Leonardo or Raphael. You're definitely not a Michelangelo or Donatello. Um, nah. Uh, although I would argue that Donatello is the most beta of the group, anyway. Uh, um, all of this beta stuff's ironic, guys, by the way. This is, I don't even know where this came from. I think you called yourself the beta male once. And, <laughs> uh, you said, like, the beta males entered the chat. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Has logged in or something. Uh, anyway. Um, so... This guy John gets killed, and then we cut to Monk writing. But he doesn't get killed. He doesn't get killed with uh, the nunchucks. He gets sliced up. Uh, yes, he does. What does he get sliced up? What does he? Yeah, he gets sliced up. He gets sliced up like in his back. Oh well. Anyway, he gets killed, 
Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know why I was just dismissive of you there. I just didn't, I just saw that the blood go everywhere, and I assumed like he knocked out his teeth or something. Um, nah, those are slashes. But anyway, Monk is writing a check, um, and uh, that is butt can't cash. Yes, fun fact: I've never written a check before, and honestly, there's a good chance I never will. Um, Writing checks is fun, man. I'm sure it is, but there's just never been a reason for me to, and like, you know. I, I, it's not doesn't look like it's gonna happen anytime soon. You um, should probably send your like fantasy, um, like uh, you know contributions. Do you pay? Do you play for money? Yeah, yeah. only like twenty dollars a year. But your you know, entry fee. Send I a should, check. Oh, I should send that. That's that's great. I sh- I'll do that next year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Monk, as you might imagine, is writing a check and he is being way too precise about it. Um, <laughs> They've been there for three hours. Yeah, and they're only on the second check. And he wants to throw it away. Uh, but Natalie is, like, you know, fed up. And she puts it in the envelope for him. And I think that this is this is tough love for Monk in a good way where she licks the envelope closed and is like, do you want to open it? Um, yeah. Fair enough. Like, that didn't feel mean-spirited. It felt like, like, I'm doing this for you. Like, stop it. Um, Not just yet. Yeah. And then uh, we get to the part of the episode that I imagine is probably where you got most of your frustration. Um, where Natalie brings Monk some invoices for her expenses. Um, yeah, I, I, I that I, I'll let you take over because that sigh. I think you got some thoughts. Um, no, I mean it's just it's simple. Like obviously, you know, you have to take it with the idea that they're obviously needing to pad some time and stuff because, like, obviously this would be a conversation that should have been had when she started, you know, or like. Because no one's expected to buy 500,000 wipes for Monk and just pay for it out of pocket. That's ludicrous. I know. I was, so, was going to say, this is, this is, it happened a couple times first season. We'll get back to Monk being a bad boss as, like, the episode, uh, the Yeah, yeah, we're B-plot. back. Yeah, we're back. So, um, but that, like, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's actually not the part that bothers me. Mm. Uh, we'll get to it later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because apparently she didn't pay for Sharona's expenses, which is wild. Why did, why? Like, that's. There's no job where you have three hundred dollars uh, worth of expenses like a week that you don't get reimbursed for it. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's insanity. Um, and she drives them everywhere. She does everything. And yeah, Sharona's basically a beta for like letting that happen. But uh, but maybe she had that nice nurse money. I have no idea. She also had like child support. You can't get child yeah, support you know, for like a, a husband, dead husband. You mean? Uh, oh yeah. Do, do, yeah, she might be getting some type of military... Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, she... But still, she shouldn't be expected to pay those expenses. Um, no, absolutely but, not. But, uh, you know, then the, uh, Natalie's phone rings, and she does the thing that's kind of obvious that she's going to do is she doesn't pick up the phone because he's not paying for her cell phone bill. Um, you you remember any time minutes? Do you remember what those were like? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, I remember that when I first got a cell phone, it was a lot of... Um, like, calling at 7 p.m. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like me and my friends would call each other at uh, you know like seven, um, uh, or on weekends, nights and weekends. Or I remember, yes. I remember how big it was when they introduced that all Verizon to Verizon calls were free. Um, that was a okay. big deal uh, for Verizon, and it was kind of like there were certain um, family members that would talk that my mom and dad would talk to more because uh-huh. uh, yeah, because they had Verizon. Great stuff. Don't yeah. miss it. 
Um, yeah, no, not at all. But like, yeah, so you understand her frustration. Like, of course, you don't want to spend your your minutes all the time. She has a kid. I'm sure she has to call the kid all the time and whatever. So I get it. Yeah. So um, they, you know, she answers and is angry and kind of like, you know, I hope the crime scene is within walking distance because I'm not driving him. Um, right. Then we get to the crime scene, and there's some Randy stuff here that I. I, I is this the part that you didn't like? I'm, I'm going to keep asking that. Until no, 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 no. It's like towards the end. Um, no, actually, I love this because, uh, you know, he's going full fanboy. Uh, later on, he goes on to be canceled for some doing uh, some yep, crazy I'm, shit. I have that as well. I have <laughs> Randy needs to get canceled. Part 7 is in my notes. Um, yeah, I have I have another person getting canceled. Uh, yeah, yeah, Master Z. He gets canceled, too, for being oh, a misogynist. It, yep, see? There's a lot of cancellations going on in this episode. Um, yeah, left and right. Anyway, uh, but yes, he's he's like super into. Oh, of course, he's super into um, the Cobra. Sunny Chow, Sunny Chow, the Cobra. Mm-hmm. He had the same poster, um, mm-hmm. and they come across like a few tapes, and I guess he gets super excited over a bootleg copy of one of of Enter, of the, Enter Cobra, the Cobra. Which why would the bootleg be any better than the regular one? Unless I'm it was, like, imagining the director's co- that it's not that um, the bootleg is better than it i think it's probably that it's a movie that's not available in the united states and the only way you could get it in the united states would be a bootleg oh okay yeah i sure yeah so anyway um randy wants to put it on uh Stavire's, like detective no um and so he, he wants to keep it yeah now and now randy actually i think for the first time has a, actually a good theory yeah um which is that it probably could have been a crazed fan because this guy was really critical of Sonny Chow, um, and, you know, a fan might want to kill him. Because, obviously, Randy goes to the conventions, and he sees some crazy people there. Which is obviously, you know, a good joke, because, obviously, he's at the conventions, you know. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm completely on board. Uh, that makes sense. I thought for a second we were going to get uh, the return of Sarah Silverman, the super fan. Ah. Mm, interesting. No. Um, I know it's not yet, though. No. Uh, and so Bunk and uh, Natalie um, get uh, show up to the crime scene, and basically they learn that the guy broke in to eat from the roof, but then took the elevator down when he was leaving, which is very strange. Very yeah, strange. I don't get why now. Because he wanted to be, he wanted the footage of him on the elevator, because he wanted people to think Sonny Chow was alive, so he needed to get. Uh, videotaped on the elevator okay but he should have just done it like uh you know um what's the thing um like done it broken in taken the elevator up and down why did he just uh, like i think because why would you because he broke in from the roof so why would he go down to the bottom like why wouldn't he just go down to the floor he needed to get to um like all right if he broke it on the first floor i'd understand what you're saying but if he broke it on the roof and let's say this guy john's on the top floor you know um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, so we see the elevator footage, and it's a guy in an Enzo costume, um, and you know, it's kind of like the freaked out because like, oh my god, that looks like Sonny Chow. Yeah. And John is also clutching some hair in his hands. Yeah. Um, and then he wrote a note, not a suicide note, another type of note. Yeah. In blood. Uh, yeah, it was uh, just Chow, right? I think mm-hmm. you said Chow. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, okay. Alright, interesting. Uh, this guy's, I don't know. The guy who eventually did it really lacked some imagination. 
Yes, but you have to keep in mind, he did accomplish what he was trying to do. Yeah, he did. No, for sure. It's a little bit more clever than you think. Like, for mm. sure. I, I was like, what is... Like, it's, it's all really obvious, but the thing is, he's not trying to... His, he doesn't need Sonny Chow to get convicted of this crime. He just needs there to be enough doubt that he's dead to warrant him getting dug up and, you know, clearly yes. successful. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, no. He... Okay. You talked me into it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're kind of like, oh, no, he's alive and stop matters like, no. Um, and, uh, you know, then Natalie withholds wipes from Monk because she paid for them. Yep, and yeah, you know, just gotta keep that that thing going. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we get a scene, and I want you to talk about this one because I don't want to just keep monologuing. Um, okay, Stalmeyer shows up, and it's a, yeah, it's shows a classic the- Stalmeyer monk scene. I know you love these. Yeah, no, he shows up in like the middle of the night or who knows what time, mm-hmm. and you know, Stott asks him like, "Oh, hey, what's going on? What are you up to?" And it turns out he's polishing his light bulbs, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't do, but you know, I wouldn't. I sometimes stuff gets stuck in light bulbs. Like I understand that. that it's actually, not the I'm okay craziest with thing, Monk. Like and, and on the scale of crazy thing Monk does that no one else does, it's not very high. No, not at all. Um, so I, I was with that, and basically, uh, Stott tells a story about how. And I thought he was going to talk about how he was going to these conventions. Is that what the in, in, intention no, was? It was a police okay. convention. Okay, he was going to a police convention, and he apparently. Uh, his cab driver was a former cop, I guess, who was responsible for... The FBI, a fed. Or FBI, a fed, who was responsible for basically flubbing the Olympic uh, Park bombing in Atlanta mm-hmm. in 94, 96? 96, as dramatized okay. by the film Richard Jewell. Great movie, actually. I actually haven't seen uh, it. It's pretty good. I liked it. Uh, anyways, the man's name apparently is like Harold Brenshaw, and so um, thinking, knowing that... Uh, Knowing that, oh, because uh, Stott also brings over the DNA results that mm-hmm. basically the hair that was found in the guy's hand mm-hmm. matches Sonny Chow's hair. Yeah. So Sonny Chow's back from the dead, apparently. But in reference to that, because the the Burnshaw had like nailed the wrong guy or something, yeah, uh, or nailed Richard Jewell, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess Burnshaw is not a real person, so I'm not sure if. Uh... But that's what it's supposed to be, right? No, I know, but because I'm not, so I'm not sure if in the canon of Monk, the guy's name was Richard Jewell. But anyway, it was John Ham, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so he doesn't want to make the same mistake, so he tells Monk, "I need your help. Like, mm-hmm. I need to be absolutely positive that mm-hmm. it's it's Chow." Yeah. So here comes Monk. Okay, and then so Monk and Natalie go to... I don't know if this is technically what it is, because I honestly have no idea what the different terms for different disciplines of martial arts are. But they, go to, they go to his dojo. Yeah, they go to his dojo. Do they call it a dojo? I didn't, wasn't, I didn't notice that they did. I thought that was Japanese, but uh, maybe. I'm going to call it the dojo, and I apologize if I'm wrong. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not... Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, let me know what the actual term is if it's not dojo. Um... But uh, anyway, actually, I think do- I don't think do- dojo is Japanese, but that's only because I know that they use the word dojo a million times in the terrible Netflix Marvel show Iron Fist, and that is Chinese martial arts. So anyway, did you see all that? I saw the first season, and uh, I didn't watch the second season because even I have standards. Um, okay. Anyway, so they enter the dojo, and one of the guys working in the dojo is the man, the myth, legend Song Kang, my guy Han from the Fast and Furious movies. 
Justice yes. Khan. He's back yes. in Fast 9, baby. You don't understand, and I'm so excited. Um, he's a I, legend. I have questions. About how he's alive in Fast 9? We all do. Okay. Wait, okay. By the way, uh, the dojo for like Chinese martial arts is called the Kuhn. Okay. I'm not going to try to say that. I'm going to say dojo. No disrespect, but like I can't. I'm not going to butcher it. What is that? Kuhn? Uh, K-W-O-O-N. A Kuhn. So they, yes. they're in the martial arts house. And uh, there's, uh, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna like, I, hold on, I gotta say it. Yeah. I, I love the no disrespect always before you're about to say something disrespectful. It's yeah. just, I, I, oh yeah, you're right. I, I should try to be accurate. <laughs> but um, honestly, like, I honestly, I'm not even sure what kind of discipline of martial arts he's supposed to be doing. Um, and wushu, yeah. wushu. Yeah. Okay. So that that just throws a whole another wrench to it because I've never even heard of that before. So. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if anyone who's listening is like a black belt. Um, if Tiger Shulman himself is listening, I'm sorry. But um, anyway, uh, so um, anyway, I just this is one of the worst riffs I've ever been on. Uh, what happens when they go there? Just <laughs> just take it. Yeah, so they go they go uh, to meet up uh, Sonny Chow's former master, uh, Master Z. I'm not sure if it's just the, the I think it's just Z the or Z I. Okay. Yeah, so my first note was Han, um, and then after that, you know, they have you know, typically, I mean, to, how it's depicted is usually like you know, you got to take your shoes off if you're inside that kind of uh, establishment, and of course, Monk doesn't want to do that, which you know, I fine, but you have to know, you have to know your audience, you got to read the room. Uh, so I don't remember what Sun Kang's name in this is, but I don't remember he, it either. I wrote Sun Kang he, the entire time. He's yeah, he's with like another like another guy who's very silent, and I guess he's informed them that he's six years into a vow of silence, mm-hmm. and with Monk like bitching about having to take off his shoes and like going in and out and whatever, uh, it causes him to get so frustrated that of course he has to like just say for Christ's sakes just take off your shoes, and uh, you know the other guy tells him he's got a. He's got to enter another vow, and the guy just quits. So, yeah. good job, Monk. Good job yeah. by you, Monk. Yeah, really, just in terms of, like, just Monk is just a destructive force the entire time he's in this place. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, the thing I do like, though, is I do like that the scene ends up with them cutting to him then having his shoes off. Because I think that in, like, season one, it would have been annoying, and it, but I know it would have ended with him, like, never taking his shoes off. And it's like, right. I, 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 I don't mind that they I, – I if they're going to have a bit where he's being frustrating and doesn't want to do something – I like if they just smash cut to then him having done it because it's like it's not the part that's interesting is not the part where he relents. Um, yes, but yeah. So this is where Sonny Chow learned the art of wushu. Um, yes, and uh, and also wait, wait, wait before we go on, uh, Monk also reveals something here. Oh right. Uh, right. Yeah, because obviously Natalie won't let it go that he won't pay. You know, I mean, rightfully she won't let it go. Mm-hmm. And Monk explains that, or I don't know how it comes out, but basically he admits that he has an office down. Oh, because she pays his bills. Yeah. So she saw that he was paying rent for an office downtown, six hundred bucks a month. Which, wow, great job. Even though that place is a total dump when you see it later. Um, but yeah, because nine years of not doing anything there. But anyways, so she's just like, well, why don't you just get rid of it? Like, pay me, blah blah blah. And he's like, it was Trudy's. It was Trudy's office, that, you know. And I haven't had the heart to get rid of mm-hmm. it. It has all of her stuff. So you know, we mm-hmm. know hearing this, that actually, we're gonna get a actually, we're gonna get a the flashback. The Trudy bit comes out later. Actually, the Trudy bit is actually not in that scene. We just learned that the office exists in that scene. Oh right, okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so th- so 
uh, Sung Kang is being very circumspect when they're asking questions. Like, is Sonny Chow here right now? And he's like, he's always with us. And it's like, okay, stop it. Like, that's kind of... Yeah. I, I, I guess the thing is, like, yes, I people who are one with Buddhism and other Eastern philosophies do answer questions like that sometimes, but also, like, he knows that he's talking to a detective. He's not going to be an idiot. You know, like, let's just, come on. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, yeah, exactly. Go on. So, um... Natalie says that she's going to bring up the reimbursement issue to wizard, the wizard, um, who is it's obviously it's Master Z. Uh, and then Monk yes. is his destruction tour. Just, I feel so bad for the, this guy. Yeah, but I guess my whole thing is, like, what would have changed? <laughs> like, what, did that really, like, Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that that's how that works. Because well, basically the, yeah. this guy is... It has to be on the edge? Yeah. That he's okay. breaking a cinder block over two cinder blocks. Um, and Monk, like, centers the block. And, um, yeah, it, it it ends up, like, breaking his hand um, when he hits it. So, at this point, I'm kicking Monk out. I'm not letting him talk to Master Z, but that's just me. Yeah, I guess, but, yeah, we have to. You know it's coming. But Master Z, so, yeah. not such a great yeah, guy. Right. No, not Master Z kind of sucks. Yeah. He just speaks in, like, platitudes and just, like, nonstop, or, like, just nonsense speak. You know, typical, like, what you ascribe to being a wise Asian, like, uh, you know, uh, just a wise Asian person. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, from Kill Bill. And so, yeah, that's stereotype. And he doesn't really give a lot of information except for he confirms the fact that Sonny Chow is dead and apparently mm-hmm. he died in his arms and he saw the soul leave his body, which, yeah, okay, great. Um, and so he also, like, kind of, uh, he senses some great darkness in Monk and uh, mm-hmm. he, like, comes up to him real close and feels his chest and just, you know, explains that he, that he lives in a dark world and mm-hmm. then he gives him a, a gift of a candle and mm-hmm. he and tells him to be that light. And also, you said that he did something that was cancelable earlier? Oh, yeah, because, like, then, obviously, Natalie can't be professional, and so she brings up, like, the fact that she didn't get paid and all this crap, mm-hmm. and he basically tells her that she worked for Monk, so she shouldn't be asking for anything extra. And I forgot what he asked Monk to do, or he says he, she should he should stop paying her, period. Well, no, I don't think he says that. He says that he should he No, should he does. Her. Oh, well. No, no, he, he says also, he shouldn't yeah, pay her. Yeah, all right. So he says that she needs to learn the value of work is not money, um, which like right, man, I if I'm in that room, I'm calling the NLRB right then and there, um, the National Labor What's Relations NLRB? Board. Okay, because right. you know damn well so, that someone, not someone's un- been someone's been reading the posters in the break room when he's bored. Uh, we both know I've worked from home in the past like seven months. Uh, Before, what? Before you were working like no, a- it's because honestly I just remember it because uh, I remember that they that every time like a like I think it was specifically the head of Barstool when he tweeted like uh, if anyone tries to form a union they're gonna get fired it just like everyone was like hey at NLRB hey at NLRB um, oh, okay your boy uh, Dave Portnoy yeah Dave Portnoy anyway uh, <laughs> yeah sorry I I. I'm reluctant to say something bad because I don't want stoolies to get sicked on us, but, like, I think that, you know. Um, there is zero chance any stoolie ever catches wind of this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, 
So uh, <laughs> he's really the worst. Um, yeah, he sucks. Uh, and so um, they end up uh, uh, going to the cemetery where Randy explains that they're going to exhume Sonny Chow's body. Um, which, a, a, quite an easy process, apparently. It doesn't take eh, much time. I mean, I think we, we get it in median res, like in the middle of, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, fine. I feel like it would take like a week, but all right. Oh, no, absolutely. It definitely wouldn't take a week. Because it doesn't, because think about it. it. It takes just as long to dig up a grave than it does to dig it. And you don't need, it doesn't need to be like even. So it probably only takes not, like, not Not this grave, fella. There's a gigantic gravestone right. over it. But like, I, I guess the thing is like, why would it take a week if all they need to do is just move it and then dig? Like, it might take a lot of manpower, but in terms of time, I don't think it would take that long. Uh, anyway, it doesn't actually matter because it's dug up. And okay. um, uh, Randy really wants Sonny Chow to be alive because he wants to arrest him, um, which, you know, he might – which is funny. Um, and then we meet the uh, – we meet the murderer in this episode. Um, now – Having remembered that this actor, Mark Shepard, who is in a lot of stuff, is the murderer, I kind of hard to... I want to know how you felt about... How how obvious was it to you that this guy was the murderer the moment he showed up in the episode? Uh, extremely obvious once Stoudemire mentioned that he knew him before. As soon as he mm-hmm. did, I'm like, all right, this is the guy. 100%. And now, maybe it's just because I know that he's British, but he is has probably the worst American accent of any actor. It was really bad. He's uh-huh. so bad at it. He has a run in – he has a two-episode arc in Doctor Who Season 6 where he plays, like, uh, um, an FBI agent. And it's like, you mean to tell me that there wasn't a single British act – like, that no one did do a better American accent than this guy? And also, like, that was, like, ten years later. Not ten years. Probably, like, six years later. And it's no better. His American accent is not any better than it was then. I don't know. I think he's a pretty good actor when he's doing his British accent, but whatever. Um, he's no Eddie Redmayne. No, uh, he isn't. Um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I think the only similarity is probably that they're British and white, but... Yeah. Wait, did you watch Trial of Chicago? Yeah, of, of course, course I did. did. I watched it the night it came out. Um, this is Jay Christie, Aaron Sorkin, Stan, checking in. Come on. Oh, God. I'm not going to apologize for it. No one's asking. I, I'll be honest with you. I think that there's a lot of people on lefty Twitter who'd ask me to apologize for that. Anyway. That's true. Um, so, That's true. Uh, yeah, so you learn that this guy, Chris Downey, just got out of prison he apparently stole some family jewels. I mean, jewels, um, and they never got, never caught them. So he uh, got released after six years. Um, mm-hmm. And then we go into like the mortician type office where they're looking at the body. Um, Wait, d- you said why, right? Because they they thought that Sunny Chow survived and took another man's identity. Oh, right. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's a that they think he faked his death and killed the guy named I think what was it? Uh, Joseph J- Lee. Joseph Lee. Um. But so they're investigating his body, and what did you make a monk being super interested in organs? Uh, I don't know. I'm of two minds. It seems like it could go that way heavily, or it could go the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I think that on the one hand, it's like he'd be grossed out by them, but I think also them being in a jars is like isolates him to such a way that he's not like that. They're so disembodied that it's not gross. I don't know. Um, and it's formaldehyde, right? Like, yes. that's not disgusting. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the cleanest thing in the world. I mean, that's yeah. actually not true, but um, cleanest thing in the world is Will Smith's raps. That's a joke that was 20 years too old. <laughs> um, uh, so they look at the body, and they're going to get the results in, like, two minutes, and they go away for a second. And this is this is where they have the, Natalie and Monk have the conversation about the office being Trudy's. Um, 
Right. And, and I think that this is a t- scene where um, it's valuable that she relates to him with having a dead spouse as well, where she can be yeah. like, I know it sucks, but like, it's so like he can't just guilt her into it because she's like, I don't, like, I know that it's hard to let go, but you're being incredibly unreasonable. And just because you have grief doesn't mean that everything you do is okay. And, you know, uh, I'm glad she stood up for herself in that way. Um, but Monk can't, uh, he can't, he can't do it. Yeah, no, I, I can see, I mean, nine years is a long time to hold, like, an office and, like, you don't ever go back. Like, he should just work out of it, if anything. That would be cool. I think the thing is, I paradoxically almost, I think if, I think if it's a situation like that, you're either going to sell the, you're either going to give up the office after, like, one year, or you're not going to give it up at all. Because I feel like once you have it for nine years, like, the the longer you have it, I think the harder it is to get rid of, because then it feels like it's a piece of her, you know what I mean? Like, if he got rid of it when, you know when he finally like, stopped, when he finally left his house for the first time after her death, that would make sense. But if he already made the decision that he's going to keep living his life and maintain this office, then, like, there's never going to be an impetus for him to do it, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, I understand why he's like that, because he's a broken man, but um, it does kind of suck that, you know, uh, she's pinching Natalie, pennies at the Safeway. Yeah. And Sharona, too. Let's not forget mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Um, and then Natalie does the worst thing you ever can do to a person. She hits him with a death pillow. Um, and the, this death pillow is a little heavier than most of them are. You got I mean, a firm one. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's heavy both in a literal and figurative sense because it is, it is the pillow that someone's laying dead on. Um, but as this happens, Stadmar comes in and makes a proclamation. Bad news for Randy, good news for everyone else. What is it? Sonny Chow is deader than a fucking doornail. Hmm. He's the body that's in the in the morgue, or that was b- buried, uh, ex- exhumed, exhumed. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Pretty crazy that they can just get dental records, or you know. Okay, just... that's what I was gonna say. Don't they usually have to ask the family and like do all kinds of shit, like hurdle, like? They probably... I know I'm, I'm I'm like super like um, I'm granular thinking about that it. They, I think that they probably could get a warrant for it. Um, if they think he's alive, but I, he's like he's been like declared dead. Yeah. There's no way. I, I'm not sure, but I, I, I mean, I'm imagining that there is some level of probable cause. We probably could get a warrant for dental records without. Um, uh, actually, you know, they Bossy might have even taken stuff like that. I, I honestly don't know, but um, <laughs> I, I was just I was good. I kept trying to find different avenues in which I could bullshit you with an answer, and it's like I actually just don't know. Um, yeah, poking holes with Andre Barrera. Yeah. Um, if you are a, uh, if you work in like a medical examiner's office or have any tangential relationship to cases like that in a legal sense, uh, please let us know. Um, yeah. But this means instead that Sonny Chow's not alive, but someone got a hold of Sonny Chow's hair. Um, and I don't mean the to- like the toupee that the commissioner was wearing. Correct. Uh, no, apparently Randy's very familiar with a, mu- a Sonny Chow museum, mm-hmm. so. Off well, we go. Well, no, no. We first got to talk about Randy getting canceled for the seventh time. Oh, wait. Is this now? No, this oh. is later. Oh. What I'm talking about is later. Oh, I'm talking about the fact that Randy takes a photo with himself and a dead body. Oh, that, 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 that. Sorry, that that's right. That's so right. so inappropriate. Like, that is so unethical. Like, I, it's a funny joke, but it's also, it's like, that's crazy unethical. <laughs> 
Do you realize that in California, because Kobe Bryant died, it just passed into law where you can't take photographs with dead bodies at crime scenes? That's nuts that that was. It doesn't. It's it's crazy that yeah exactly. Insanity because people were doing that. uh, Yeah, I remember. Uh, The thing about that too was like I just the people who did that were you know fucked up and obviously and like. The thing I want to know more about than that, though, is not what was going through those people's minds because they're just, you know, attention-hungry and assholes that I can make sense of. But what was going through someone's mind if, like, you're, like, a friend of one of those guys and he pulls out his phone and it's like, look at me. And it's, like, the cop next to, like, a burned-up Kobe Bryant's body and, like, a bunch of children. Like, that's, like, who – who is that going to impress? Anyway, that – that's That's really grotesque. Yeah. But am I wrong? Like, that's what it is, I you know. I sorry I you know I I thought about that a lot just because it's like I get I understand people who do fucked up stuff for attention I really do because attention's great I wouldn't do a lot of fucked up stuff for attention but I understand like the impulse but like when you do something for attention you have to assume at least there's an audience of people who'd be impressed and like I just don't see what that is there anyway um, so we go to the museum and I assume one of your favorite character actors is in the scene just based on your fandom of David Lynch. Um, yeah, it's my boy Patrick Fischler. Correct. His name? Yes. yes, he's in everything, um, but I, he's most famous for. I know he's in Mulholland Drive just because he's that <laughs> meme. I've never seen Mulholland Drive, but uh, I know it's a really meme. crazy movie. It's a really crazy movie. He was that guy, the really annoying dude on Mad Men. Yes, um, bo- uh, Bobby, whatever's uh, Bobby Barrett's husband. I hated him so much on Mad Men. Um, yeah, he was so annoying. He sucks in no, everything. This... He's, he's a good actor, but he sucks in everything, if that makes sense. His no, he was, was... Good. he was good in uh, Under the Silver Lake. Oh, he's a, you mean a good person? or is Because I think he's a good actor. I think he has every No, no, he's, a, he's actually like a good person. He's oh, a wow. good person. He, I yeah. didn't know he had that range. Shouts to him. Um, but yeah. he plays uh, Eddie, the proprietor of this museum for uh, Sony Chow merchandise. Um, <laughs> and he talks a lot. Uh, most of it's not important. It's just facts. At least it's not. At least it's not like his fucking neighbor. What's that guy's name again? Jared? Kevin Dorfman. Yeah, Kevin Dorfman. Yeah. Yeah. Jared. It, it's definitely in the uh, the same zone though. <laughs> like it could be one of those things where uh, Patrick Fischler went in for Kevin, didn't get it, but they kept him on the list. <laughs> that could be. That could be. I could see that. Like got, the, that energy. Uh, yeah. Um. I'll be honest, those episodes would have been much better if it was Patrick Fischler because there would have been something almost like more sinister to the character rather than just being <laughs> pathetic. Um, so um, so they go, to the, they go yeah. to the museum and they're checking everything out and we basically just get an idea of like what a super fan this guy is and they kind of question him at first and I thought for a second that it might have been him for whatever reason. Well, because um, he's got a sinister side to him. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically just says that he was watching Blood Ridge two or three or I guess both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Monk's nosing around and he he sees a a hairbrush. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, what's the interesting about this hairbrush? It's well, apparently it was from a movie that Sonny Chad did in the eighties, but it was made in Croatia. Which, according to Monk, is quote a new country, which is a crazy thing to say about a country that is like thirteen years old at that point. But uh, it I mean, relatively, de- that's true. Um, shouts to uh, South Sudan, which is still the youngest country in the world, um, I believe. Uh, according I to the thought United it was Nations flavor country. Like, what? I thought it was flavor country. Oh well, wait, that's been around for a while. Yeah. Oh no. Well, flavor town or flavor country? Well, flavor town is in flavor country. That's true. Um, and you know where Flavor Town's located, right? Just out of bounds. Um, 
their number one exports bananas. Uh, and bananas is good. Okay. Um, Shouts to my triple D heads. You know how it is. Uh, we do that way too much now. It's, I know. I don't know. I love. Did you it see now. the picture? Did you see I put the picture I posted on Twitter of uh, the Guy Fieri spot at the Burbank yes, Airport? Did. Yes, I did. It um, used to be called Flavor Town. Where was, really was that again? Burbank Airport. Yeah, I actually knew that that existed because I remember that the comedian Nicole Byer did like a bit on Conan about how her and her boyfriend at the time got refundable tickets. Just to just to go through security, go to that restaurant. They dressed up in the, the flame shirts, went to that <laughs> restaurant, and then left. Anyway, um, uh, so great. so they uh, also an important detail too is that Natalie gets her hand stamped um, for the museum. Just it comes up, and right. uh, so they look at the hairbrush, and it's clear that it was stolen um, and replaced. And replaced, yeah, yeah, um, and so at this at, at this moment. Uh, Monk grabs Natalie's hand, looks at the stamp, and he's got it. He figured out what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they deliver the really bad news to Eddie. Um, poor guy. What does he get told? Yeah, because he seems to buy into the conspiracy theory that he's still alive, mm-hmm. but he had like a price on his head or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he thinks he's still alive, but Natalie tells him, nope, he's dead. We just literally got back from his, like, you know. Uh, confirming his dead body, whatever, and he seems pretty bummed. But yeah, have, he'll he Sunny Child lives amongst us all. That's true. Um, that's actually a thing that they say in Christianity that like if you're a good Christian, you carry the three the uh, like of the triumvirate. You know, um, the, the holy the father, Trinity, the son, me, the father, the, the son, and Sunny Child. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Sunny Chiba. Sunny Chiba. <laughs> anyway, um, so they. Um, they go back to the the funeral home, like the. It's like I guess it's like a funeral home that's like attached to the inside cemetery. the graveyard, yeah, yeah. Cemetery, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of graveyards, grave digger, shouts my son Dampe. Can't um, you know? Uh, Got to give him a shout out. He's the graveyard Who? guy in the in Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Um, my guy. What's his Dampe? D A M P E. Come on, all my. I never played. I never played that one. Oh. oh. He's also in Majora's Mask, too, because every character is in both those games. Anyway. Um, so, uh, they're feeling the pillows. Because Monk is like, that, that pillow you hit me, the death pillow was too hard. Um, yeah. But, uh, much like the third Bourne movie, Natalie stops him when he says he knows what happened and gives him an ultimatum. And uh, she's basically like, pay up or shut up. Also, I'm just he. I was gonna say you. Your face is so disappointed in me for that born joke, and I absolutely deserve that. That was a massive walk just to get to that joke. Who said? Who said this joke what? in born? No, no one said that. Born, that? I, the third born movie is the born ultimatum. So I said that she made like the third oh, born movie. The only line nice. I can remember in the in, uh, born ultimatum is like just the very dramatic way David Strathairn says Jason Bourne is in New York City. That's it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, it's Jason Bourne." I would. Uh, someone needs to make a sketch, par- a parody sketch, where it's just like moments of people being shocked that Jason Bourne is in the Like, Jason Bourne is in Cairo. Jason Bourne is at Dollywood. <laughs> um, Jason anyway. Bourne is in Sarasota. Yo, shouts to Sarasota. Um, shouts to the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, shouts to the L.A. Dodgers. Shouts to Sarasota. Shouts to the Ringling Museum in Sarasota. Great place. Um, anyway, uh, so. He says he's not going to pay her, so she leaves, um, which is terrible timing because yeah. uh, 
our friend, uh, so you're, you're a good personal friend, your you're, you're high school <laughs> friend, Chris Downey, comes and hits Monk in the head with a shovel. Yep. He, uh, he, gets, he, gets, he gets the old uh, limb blap, and he wakes up, and he's been buried alive. Yes. What do you now, know? Now, the thing that this does, which every TV show does, every movie and whatever, and the thing that I – when I first like read this in like a – back in the day when reading Crack.com was the thing that everyone did – it was like the things that every movie TV show gets wrong. Um, mm-hmm. The fact is, like, medically speaking, the amount, the odds that you could get hit in the head hard enough that you get knocked out for more than like two minutes or so, but then not suffer serious brain damage is like doesn't happen. Like you, you oh, there's okay. no sweet. Like if you if you get knocked if you get hit in the head hard enough to get knocked out for like thirty minutes, you're gonna have some problems. You're gonna have a concussion. You're gonna have. Like some motor skill problems, you might like it's it's a, like there's just no sweets. Does that make well, sense? Maybe he will. Maybe he no, I'm will. Sure, uh, yeah, he might. But I guess what I'm saying is that like th- there's just if you can hit in the head with the back of a shov- shovel, you're either not getting knocked out or you're getting like brain bleed. You're not. Yeah. So no, for sure. So for sure. Um, have you seen the 2012? I believe Ryan Reynolds. Bur- buried? buried? Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I have. It's uh, a lot. Um, and it's much more <laughs> intense than this. Okay, fine. But also, I want to draw an interesting parallel. Well, mm-hmm. it's not that interesting, actually. Yeah, but it's of course, Na- of course, no. Yeah, of course. Natalie is already quitting on the first her first episode. I'm just like, great. Yes. Now, in fairness to Natalie, I think that I, this is a justifiable reason to quit. I'm yes, just, it, it is 100%. Like, like if you have, if you have to spend like a third of your salary on expenses that are not getting reimbursed, it's just a justifiable reason to quit. How 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 do you think the show would play if if Monk was an incredibly giving and caring boss? Um, I think it would actually not be that much different, which is why it annoys me when it happens. Because I don't actually think that that's... The, the, the interesting tensions that happen between Monk and his assistants are not... Like, the monetary ones are not that interesting to me. Because I guess it's just because I think you and I are, you know, uh, of the generation. Like, we're just kind of fed up with any with bosses and any sort of yeah. things like that. Like, I just have no sympathy for any boss that doesn't pay. Uh, or landlords. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, although, when we do meet Monk's landlord, he's actually being pretty reasonable. So, because um, remember, that's when yeah. Monk is trying to sell his apartment. Uh, so. Oh, right. <laughs> that's pretty reasonable. And it was Willie Garson, right? It was Willie Garson. Yeah, we talked about this. Yes, yeah. Um, and so... Um, uh, I was gonna say that yeah he gets buried, um, and uh, yeah man buried don't watch buried by the way it's good but I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Um, yeah no my worst nightmare once I saw this I'm like I can't really watch shows with like buried alive shit because I'm incredibly claustrophobic. Well because you know the famous th- I don't know if you know this but like the whole thing with buried is that it exclusively takes place in the coffin. There's no scenes outside of it. So Correct and it coffin. actually and it happened in real life. Uh, I think it's kind of based on real stuff, kind of. Not, it's not direct. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's in real time. It's like, a, you know, you spend an hour and a half uh, in a coffin with Ryan Reynolds uh, on the phone um, with Stephen Tobolowsky, actually, is the main guy he talks to. Neither here nor there. So he, Monk is in this situation. Um, and uh, Natalie comes back to apologize to Monk. Um, and she notices that things are disheveled. And so she immediately puts together that something's wrong. Um, yep. And she says that, like, he said it was, that Monk said it's something to do with Chris Downey, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. And then we cut to, and I feel like this might be divisive because this is the type of stuff that I like, but I this know. Is, this is what pisses me off. Okay. Because I really like this sentimental shit. 
you, we see Monk and Trudy sitting sitting on a park bench. And, yeah, they're having a, you know, Monk is very happy. So I want you to get out of just because I have no real, I don't have a interesting reason for liking this. I just like it. It makes me, I like seeing Monk happy. Um, what is your, what's your gripe? Uh, okay, like, I get that, like, well, now, because you've said it, but basically whenever he has these scenes with Trudy, he's basically just talking to himself. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't pointed that out, then I'd probably be like, okay, this mm-hmm. is even worse. But now I can kind of, like, justify it or whatever. But essentially, um, they're basically just talking about, like, his favorite day when when they were at those big botanical gardens and they walked and walked and walked and whatever. And that's nice. And that's all fair and, and well. My problem it always comes whenever Trudy starts referring to stuff that's happening to him now. Because mm-hmm. it just, like, makes it super cheap. Like, how could she have possibly known about all this? And, like, I get it now because he's clearly just talking to himself. It's, like, a manifestation of his subconscious or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I really hate when she starts, like, when he starts, like, running out of air. That's the du- That's the part I do like. It's, like, while this is all happening and they're all, like, searching mm-hmm. for him and stuff, he's, like, actively losing breath in this, like, fantasy mm-hmm. scenario also. Um, I, I'm always a fan of that. I mean, I'm I'm one of the few people in the world whose opinion on Inception has never changed. I like any time that, like, one level is affecting the, like, the, when someone's dream is affected by what's happening in real life. Um, and, yeah, I guess I think you're right in terms of the stuff that Trudy's kind of, like, referring to in real life. But I think that, like... Even in Monk's manifestation of her, I don't I don't interpret this, even though they're in the same place that they were on his favorite day with her, I don't interpret him to be feeling like he's back in time. Like it feels like this is like a mid like a happening now, but they're just recreating the same day. So like, um now the part I do I thought the part I thought you were gonna have a problem with is where they're talking about having children. And Monk regrets. That too, because I was super confused. I'm like, wait, what the hell is she talking about? And then I got it, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Now, the thing is, I think that I love Monk. Monk would not have been a good father um, at all. Uh, you know, it would have been a problem. But, you know. Um, no, he might have been a good father, but he would have been, his son would have been punked and bullied. And God, yeah. he would have been a, had a horrible life, probably. Yeah, he'd have to go to, like, a private school that, like, you know, grades and Homeschooling. Flowers. Player. What? Homeschooling player. Oh no, got it. Homeschooling is uh, that's the thing I'm worried about with this whole coronavirus is homeschooling people like oh you know kids need to be social they're not learning as much I don't care how much they're learning kids who are homeschooled are weird let's be honest like I mean, I mean come on I don't think I know anybody I don't think I've ever uh, known I, anyone I, that's I been homeschooled I had a friend who I knew in like fourth grade and then he left he was homeschooled for all middle school actually no he's homeschooled for like three years and then came back in the end of middle school still a really nice guy I have no complaints about him. But, like, those three years, he was a little weird. He always was a little bit weirder than everyone else. It's like, it happens. It happens, man. Um, All right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's that, I think it's a gradient. Like, public public school, perfectly normal. Catholic school, private school, always a little bit weird. And then homeschool is very weird. Um, uh, Anyway. All right. Also, I could be biased, though, because most of the people I know went to private school ended up at NYU, and they're just rich private school kids, so they're incredibly out of touch. Anyway. Um... So, uh, they stop Chris, uh, as he's trying to drive away in, like, a 1950s pickup truck, it looks like. (laughs) Um, and... Yeah, it looks like, yeah, yeah. for sure. And so he's, you know, he's like, I'll tell you what Monk is if you give me a call to the airport and, uh, I have the jewels. Sorry, I'm trying to do a bad American accent, I can't. Um, I can't even do a good British accent, I don't know why I tried that. Um, uh, so... 
Yeah, he has demands, and in the midst of this all happening, he just so happens to have a heart attack. You do see him popping pills earlier, so it's not without uh, setup. Oh, I guess I missed that. Yeah. Um, so yes, yes. See, it's, it's it actually it is set up beforehand. It's still pretty dumb, but it is set up beforehand um, that he's got a heart condition, uh, and so he has a heart attack and dies, um, which is unfortunate because uh, he's the only one who knows the monk is. Right. And so now, how do you feel about the fact that um, I like this that Monk ends up doing the "Here's what happened to Trudy." Uh, I didn't mind it. It was fine. It was okay. I, I felt good about it. They, I, like I said, the only thing I hated was like when she was just like, "Yeah, sell the office and mm-hmm. pay pay Natalie." And like, all right, man. Yeah, that is a little Deus Ex Machina. Although I think that I think my point about it being his subconscious yes. makes that make sense because the thing is, Monk knows like it's right and wrong. Like he's not a he's not an idiot. He knows what's right and wrong. Um, and I think that you know he anyway. Um, so. We went over most of the stuff that happened, but the big thing is basically just that, like, okay, what, 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 just fill in the gaps. You don't have to do a full here's what happened, but what are the details that come out in this scene? Okay. Basically, what happened was at some point, your boy, um, Chris Downey. Well, I, I claimed, I see, it's he, you went to high school with him. I already said that. Okay, fine. Uh, my boy, Chris Downey, uh, he, I guess, was an amateur thief or something. So he stole. Um, I guess these these this bag of jewelry, which seems like a lot of jewelry for only half a million dollars. Seems like it would be more than that, but all right. We don't know what so, kind of stones they are, though. Yeah, in the midst of this, I guess he had previously been working at this graveyard, right? Mm-hmm. At this he was, funeral yeah, he home, whatever. So uh, he in the he I guess he stopped by his old job and he needed to stash the jewels because I guess he knew the heat was after him. Well, he assaulted and, a cop, which is a problem. Oh, he assaulted a cop, yeah. Uh, so he, and that's why he goes to jail for six years. Um, so he stashes, and it just so happened that was the day that, uh, Sonny Chow Mm -hmm. was, the night before he was about to be buried. Mm -hmm. So he stuffs the jewels in there, and sure enough, Sonny Chow gets buried with the jewels. Uh, our, my guy, Downey, goes to jail for six years, gets out, um, only to find out that in in the midst of all these years happening, uh, the Filipino fan club of Sunny Chow had all put pooled their money together to make a gigantic gravestone Word that the basically was that yeah worked Word the Philippines. The Philippines and uh, basically you know rendered it uh, no longer a one man job so or at least not like in one night so he knew that he was gonna have to get back get back to work mm-hmm. so he got that job again and he knew that he needed. He needed a distraction. He needed a way that the body was going to get exhumed. exhumed yeah. So he had to frame him. So mm-hmm. he went about, and I forgot how he even decided to go. To, oh, well, he probably knew the museum at some point. He mm-hmm. looked at the museum, went to the museum, stole the brush, planted the hair, killed that guy, and sure enough, it all went you, the great way Great plan. Great. Yeah, I, no, great it's pretty plan. good. In terms of like, because if you see that monument, you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm never going to get the jewels again. But like to then have yeah. the thought process of, Oh, I'm going to frame this guy for a murder in order to get him exhumed? Like, that's good shit. Well done. Like, it didn't work out in the end, yeah. but, like, pretty good. Um, yeah. So Nothing to hang your head on. Yeah. So, Monk can't breathe. Um, you know, he's dying because he's running out of oxygen. And basically, it, it's clear that, like, there's way too much cemetery to dig to try to really find where he is. Also because apparently they just tore down, like, a store to make more room for more of a cemetery, so there's a whole 
empty field that's all new dirt. Because the, the logic would be you try to find new dirt, but there's a whole big field. But they catch a break. Um, that uh, they see the stop, the stoplight across the street is broken. Um, and what a fucking reach. I mean, hey, it's good stuff, though. You know, it, the alternative is Monk dies. I'm willing to... I, I'm fine with uh, some... Uh, some some or if he comes back from the dead that you know i like that monk? show i zombie yes um monkey stop like i guess monk's job would be much easier if he didn't have to look for clues and could just eat people's brains but um anyway he'd be dirty all the time though yeah that would be a problem i don't think he'd eat brains um anyway uh Stahlmeier, i think that i like ted levine's performance in this where he's yelling like he got the power line i mean i'm just a big t- yelly ted levine guy but um same. Yeah. And so they end up digging, and they have, like, this thing where the guy's using, like, headphones to hear through the ground, which, like, I when I saw that, it's like, did they really have enough time to call this guy? Because I feel like there's only one guy with that equipment in all of San Francisco. <laughs> That's... Oh, this is what you have a problem with? Uh, but no, yeah. No, but I, you know, I thought about it. But Fair what's enough. Monk saying when they uh, listen in? They hear him say, I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. So Wait, and it's kind of weird that they're confused by it. Like, it's like, you really don't think that he thinks he's going to die and he's clearly talking to Trudy? Like, that's like, I feel like they should realize that too, but whatever. Oh, I didn't take it as them being confused by it. Oh, I just, no. is that, is that? I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading into it. Um, but yeah, this that's is the where person that you get? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. But I could be wrong. Um, but as they hear the, uh, the digging in Monk's vision, this is when Trudy tells him to close the office. Um, you know, which we already talked about. And then they dig him up, and he, he the candle's lit, and he's smiling. Which is a little disconcerting if you take a, If you don't see his internal thoughts, it would be kind of weird. It's very jarring. Yeah. Um, I was disturbed. Yeah. And then we see the last bit. He's cleaning out the office. Um, and Which is ironic. He's cleaning out her office when, of course, the actress <laughs> Malar Hardin was making her way onto the office. The television show. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. There's nothing really happens in this end, but, you know, he's. it's a nice bit where Monk takes all of her stuff. Um, you know. Yeah, closes the door behind him and then comes back and opens leaves it, it open. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we at the biz call uh, symbolism. Um, yep. It's okay. The thing about symbolism is if I recognize your symbolism, it means it's too on the nose. Not that I mind. On the nose, being on the nose is not a bad thing, but I'm the worst person in the world at identifying symbols in movies, so movies and TV. So, um, yeah. Uh, if it's like, if it's anything more subtle than a green light across the pier, like in The Great Gatsby is too subtle for me to get. (laughs) Um, that movie sucked. I mean, well, the book is really good, but yes, the movie sucked. Um, yeah, never read the book. Oh, really? That's bizarre. Although I haven't read a lot of classic novels. It's it's Florida High School. You don't read anything. You read, like, you know, three books. Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump, no. Also, most like that's definitely not one that... Who read the book of Forrest Gump? I did. You read, Okay, then... Did you read it for school? Yeah. That's weird. Um, <laughs> no, but... The, also, the crazy thing about The Great Gatsby thing, too, is that... Even the one in the 70s, which we watched, like, the first half of in class, also is not good. So, like, man. The one with Robert Redford? Yeah, it's not good. In my opinion, at least. Um, yeah. You know, though, the problem is, with Robert Redford and Leonardo DiCaprio, both great actors, neither of them, because they're, you know, actual human, real people, in the book and in all the movies, 
Jay Gatsby's catchphrase, he says, is always he calls people old sport. Oh, and God, no one, I fucking hated and that. And no one can say that without sounding like an idiot because it's a dumb thing to say. And so it, every time either of the actors, once again, Leonardo DiCaprio and Rob Redford, two of the best actors ever to live, it's just like so dumb, like, oh, I see old sport. It's like you don't want to say that. No one says that anyway. Um, Wait, okay, hold on real quick. Yeah, Who's your Gatsby? What do you mean? Like, who would be your choice for Gatsby? Um, of any actor in the world? Yeah. Um, and why is it Danny Bonaducci? The douche. <laughs> you know, this is actually terrible. You know what I'm thinking, and this is not good. Because this guy, I think he's a really, really good actor. But I think in 10 years, I think Timothy Chalamet could do it. But that's a cheesy answer. Wow. Okay. I think he, because I think that he, because I think he can... T- because he has the perfect mix of he has a very, very deep voice, which would be very commanding, but he's also really skinny, so he can be pathetic, which is kind of like the whole thing about Jay Gatsby is that he's, like, really pathetic if you actually look beyond the Is he skinny? No. Well, the character, it's not really specified. But um, my point is that he can she be vulnerable, because I think that that's kind of the... That Leo can't be vulnerable without, like, going full, like, Howard Hughes meltdown in the aviator style. Like, you know... Or like Rick Dalton throwing stuff around his uh, trailer, like that's that's how that's how Leo plays vulnerable, which I like. Right, right, that's right. That's also right. like not like the Great Gatsby. Anyway, I don't have a lot of I I've I saw the movie in theaters when it came out, so I don't have a ton of thoughts off the top of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely not good. Um, so what did you give this episode out of ten? I gave it an eight out of ten. I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Um, I think this is I like this episode. I don't like the plot line about Natalie not getting reimbursed, but everything else I like a lot. Um, I think that, like I said, I like the whole murder thing. I, I think, I just think it's in terms of, like, whenever I now, whenever there's these plots, I now think about what Andy talked about, um, being in the writer's room, and I just imagine that that must have been one of the coolest plots to break of, like, a guy needs a body exhumed, so he has to frame the, um, the, the body, the body for a murder. Um, yeah. so, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty great. Um, but anyway... More importantly than all that, actually, I, that, I just completely skipped like seven steps of the outro. Andre, uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me <clears throat> at Andre Barrera. You could follow me at the J. Christie. Follow the show at Strictly Munkin. Um, please let us know if there's any c- comments, questions, concerns. Um, if you have any concerns, uh, please make them uh, nice and polite um, because uh, I, you know, I have a very thin skin. Um, leave reviews. I won't read them because I can't read reviews because if I see one bad one, I'll feel terrible about myself for a week. Um, Andre, if you ever would like to read the reviews, I don't know what your skin's like, but mine's... I tried to. I can't really get any. I don't what know do why. Oh. Like, I can't bring them up. Like, oh. they, they don't I think we have, up. like, 12 or 13, and we have one that's one star, and once I saw that, it's like, I can't look because I'll accidentally read it. Um, and then I'll get told that I don't have the qualities that make someone a person again. Um, still the funniest thing. Um... Uh, did, did, did I ever tell you the thing that we got uh, on Marvel Cinematic University? Uh, I think I probably did it, where someone said, uh, when, it was when Nitz was a regular on the pod, that someone said, I love I love Nitz's energy. I love when she sasses the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. I agree. Uh, it was great stuff. Just kidding. Uh, and then, yeah, great stuff. Um, so, yeah, please re- leave a review there. Uh, make sure you share this podcast with people. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you for listening to this. Hopefully you're listening on the day we post it because we're posting on the election day morning. Hopefully that this is a nice reprieve from the anxiety you're feeling. Or if you're not feeling anxiety, then you know what? I don't even know if I want to make this podcast for you. I'm kidding. But uh, more important than all that, assuming the world has not crumbled, uh, tune in on Friday as we talk about Mr. Monk Gets Cabin Fever. 
Yeah, we might all need a cabin next week. Let's mm. just get monkey. Yeah.